I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. May 12, 2023, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Star Network. The white Marine who choked Jordan Neely to death on a New York City subway train, he turned himself in today after being indicted and charged on manslaughter charges. We'll give you the details uh, in that particular case. South Carolina's made history by naming a black woman as head of the South Carolina Democratic Party. We'll talk with her about how she is trying to revive that party after hundreds of thousands of black folks failed to vote in the last election. Time is running out for the FCC to decide uh, whether or not the standard general techno deal should go through. We will talk with one of the FCC commissioners, Brendan Carr, who says there should be a commission vote on that particular deal. Also on today's show, uh, Morris College has, has a class on esports. We'll talk with the sister who is teaching that class, Christina Granville. Also on today's show, we will talk in our Education Matters segment about a program with NASA to call the Date Equity Access Priority Initiative. We'll unpack exactly what NASA is doing to help HBCUs. Plus, two proud uncles, yours included, uh, has uh, family graduating from Howard University. I actually happened to run into actor Roger, Roger Guinevere-Smith, and I'll share with you what he had to say outside of Cranston Auditorium for today's graduation. It's time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go.
Former U.S. Marine Daniel Penny turned himself in today in New York City after he was charged for manslaughter in the murder of Jordan Neely. Now, remember, uh, this took place uh, in New York City on a subway train station. Neely was arrested for a second-degree manslaughter. He appeared in a Manhattan criminal court before Judge Kevin McGrath set bail at $100,000. Following Penny's surrender, the attorneys for the Neely family held a news conference discussing what they want to happen, and they are fight for justice. What happened in the subway that, that, that day? First of all, what is this? He's going to come up with more and more things to make himself look better, because that's the only way that he can escape the consequences of what he did. But I tell you one thing, he cannot rewrite how the story ends. The story ends with his arms wrapped around Jordan's neck, choking him to death. And that's what he has to pay for. Those are the consequences that we cannot allow in our society. We cannot allow that type of, of aggression with, on a whim's notice. We cannot allow that type of judgment. And we cannot allow that type of crime to happen without consequences. Now, Penny claims he stepped in in an act of self-defense when Neely threatened him and others aggressively. However, uh, some witnesses say that Neely was not specifically threatening Penny when he intervened. Now, the reality is he could detain him, but he literally choked the life out of his body. Of course, this video has been shown all over the country. People that were shocked and stunned to literally see Jordan Neely uh, die uh, in the hand, uh, at the hands of Neely. The state's self-defense law allows people to use deadly force if they believe the life, their life or someone else's life is at imminent risk. Penny is due back in court for another hearing on July 17th. Joining us right now uh, is Gregory Jose, defense attorney out of New York. Gregory, how you doing? Thank you. Thank you for having me today. All right. So let's unpack this here because a, a lot of people, there are different state laws when it comes to self-defense. We are very familiar with staying your ground laws. So walk people through what the law is there in the state of New York. Well, uh, in New York state, uh, there's a, a portion of the penal law called justification. And it's the circumstances under which uh, a person can use physical force uh, or deadly physical force to, to repel an attack in defense of themselves or a third person. Now, the, the issue that Penny has here, there were other people who were on this, tra on this train station. Nobody else choked the life out of Jordan Neely. Well, now this case has moved from uh, the court of public opinion to the court of law. And, and as such, the, the laws and statutes of New York governing uh, the use of force are, are, go are going to apply. And, um, you know, one of the things that the, the law indicates is that if a person reason reasonably believes that, that they or a third person uh, is in danger of, of imminent physical harm or, or imminent serious physical injury or imminent death, then the, the use of force becomes authorized. Um, you know, the key words uh, in that statute are reasonable. And uh, that's uh, an issue that uh, will be sorted out during the course of an investigation. Uh, it was a subway car with uh, a number of people aboard. So the authorities will be interviewing individuals. And then those individuals will, will more than likely be asked to give testimony uh, in a grand, a grand jury to determine whether or not uh, probable cause uh, ex exists for uh, Mr. Uh, 
penny to be charged with manslaughter. At the opening of your show, you indicated that uh, Mr. Penny had been indicted. Uh, my information is that he hasn't been indicted. He was, he's been arrested. And now, um, under New York state law, the district attorney's office has 180 days, days to uh, vote. The grand jury has that period of time to vote an indictment against him. So uh, right now, the process begins where uh, testimony will be sought uh, from the people who were present and possibly from Mr. Penny uh, to determine whether or not probable cause exists to actually uh, indict him on that felony charge for which he was initially arrested today. So, um, as, we, as we look at this, first of all, they have video. Prosecutors have video uh, in this case. Uh, what, what they don't have is, one, you don't have a situation uh, where Neely uh, had a gun, had a knife. And so when you talk about this imminent physical harm, um, how, if, if you are Neely's, uh, if you are, I'm sorry, uh, Penny's defense attorney, um, how do you deal with that when you don't have a weapon and when there are other people on there as well who didn't do what he did? Well, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, fact-specific analysis. And um, I, again, the, the issue is the only uh, opinions that count, I should say, judgment that counts, is going to be that of the individuals in the grand jury who are going to hear the evidence firsthand from uh, the parties um, that were directly involved or uh, who were witnesses to the acts that took place. And um, it's going to be a question of reasonableness. You know, do, do, would a reasonable person have felt that they were in danger of imminent uh, physical harm? And, and was the response reasonable under the circumstances? And, 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 and Gregory, when you say reasonable, it's also you're factoring in the amount of time he literally was choking him. And uh, exactly, it's, it's fact-specific. Fact so um, all of those factors are going to be uh, analyzed by the, by the grand jury. Um, the, uh, the, the conduct of the, the deceased, uh, the reactions and of the people, uh, the other passengers in the subway car, um, you know, their perception of a threat or their perception that there was no imminent threat. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it's a very, very, very fact-specific analysis. And, um, you know, grand jury proceedings are secret. So uh, the public will not be privy to the uh, actual testimony of the parties in the grand jury. All right, then, uh, Gregory, look, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. We'll certainly be following this case to see uh, what happens next uh, from Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's office. Thank you. All right, folks, got to go to break. We come back. I'll talk about this with my panel. Also, talk about some other news uh, of the day. Uh, you're watching Roller Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Don't forget, folks, please, uh, if you're watching YouTube, hit that like button. Also, download our Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. We also want you to support us in what we do, so please join our Bring the Funk fan club. Send check and money orders to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20. 
0037-0196. Cash App, dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal or Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zell, rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Rolling at rollingmartinunfiltered.com. And be sure to get a copy of my book, Why Fear? How the Browning of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. Available at bookstores nationwide, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target. You can download your copy on Audible. We'll be right back. Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene, a white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence. White people are losing their damn minds. As an angry pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol, we're about to see the rise of what I call white minority resistance. We have seen white folks in this country who simply cannot tolerate black folks voting. I think what we're seeing is the inevitable result of violent denial. This is part of American history. Every time that people of color have made progress, whether real or symbolic, there has been what Carol Anderson at Emory University calls white rage as a backlash. This is the rise of the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. America, there's going to be more of this. Here's all the Proud Boys, guys. This country is getting increasingly racist in its behaviors and its attitudes because of the fear of white people. The fear that they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources, they're taking our women. This is white fear. Star Network is here. Oh, no punch! A real um, revolutionary right now. Uh, thank you for being the voice of Black America. All the momentum we have now, we have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. This is Judge Matthews. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mac Wild. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. All right, folks, let's introduce our panel uh, today. Matt Manning, civil rights uh, attorney. Glad to have uh, Matt uh, on the show. Uh, he, um, of course, uh, a frequent panelist. Also, uh, we have joining us, uh, we have... Um, uh, Michael Imhotep, host of the African History Network show. Uh, glad to have Michael on the show. Mike, of course, uh, from uh, coming to us uh, out of Detroit. Matt Corpus Christi, Kilimanjaro Communication Strategist, Washington D.C. Glad to have all three of you here. Matt, when you look at this particular case here, um, Penny has a problem, uh, and Penny's problem is that there were a lot of people who were on this subway train. He's the only one who decided to apply lethal force to choke the life out of Jordan Neely, nobody else did. So if he's gonna make the argument, my life was in danger and the other people were in danger, 
How so? Gun, weapon, was the, was the guy, what, just yelling? They're going to have to make that argument. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And I think uh, your previous guest was good in, in showing that reasonableness is the standard here, both in New York and in Texas and presumably in other states. So the question will be, was it reasonable to use really force at all, but to use force to this extent? And I think your point is well stated. I don't think he will have a good argument that he should have used force. I am kind of confused here, though, as to why Mr. Bragg's office charged him with manslaughter rather than murder. Um, what generally happens when you go to a grand jury is they're supposed to give you the charge that they think the evidence supports, but customarily prosecutors go to them with a potential charge, and sometimes that changes. And the reason I'm confused here is because manslaughter in New York is a reckless killing, which means you didn't intentionally or knowingly do it, but there was a substantial risk of harm that you disregarded. And putting somebody in a chokehold is much different than putting them in, you know, another kind of hold, right? Like if he had just um, kept his body such that he couldn't move, that might make more sense than choking him. But choking him, you know that the likely outcome is a person is going to expire if you hold them too long. So I'm interested in seeing how this charge bears out. But I think your point is well stated. I don't think he's got a strong defense at all because it'll be very hard to show that he was reasonably in fear of any— um, you know, harm coming to him and or that force was necessary if you got a, a train full of people who did not think that that was appropriate because they set the benchmark. And that right here, uh, <clears throat> Kelly, that, that he also has to deal with, you're on a... I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Public transit system folks are recording so we saw what happened now we don't have well first of all what has not been released is video of what took place before but we don't know what was all shot by various people that way we can see what preceded the chokehold 
You're right about that, but at the same time, I agree with what Matt is saying, and I think we're all on the same page here, in that I am confused as to why I only see a charge of manslaughter when, um, as lawyers, we know that uh, the saying is, you can indict a ham sandwich. And considering that the jury is, you know, siloed and in a private setting such that Pretty much they can talk amongst themselves by way of the DA just presenting whatever they want to to the grand jury. I don't understand how uh, the DA thought it was reasonable to not add the second, de the second degree murder charge, right? Because we don't know whether there's malice, because that would be first. But second is like, you, you killed somebody. And I don't see any negligence here. It seemed like it was pretty intense. Um, intentional. So it, it seems like they are already uh, feeding into the court of public opinion on the side that they, uh, that uh, Mr. Penny did not necessarily do anything wrong, because otherwise, second degree murder would be one of the charges in the indictment. That's my opinion. Michael. Um, well, Roland, one, I knew charges were going to come here. Uh, two, um, when Daniel Penny uh, used a lethal chokehold. Now, keep in mind, he, he was a Marine, okay? So he has training in self-defense. Uh, you put a lethal chokehold on somebody for 15 minutes. Now, you can knock somebody out with that chokehold between 10 to 30 seconds. You had him in that chokehold for 15 minutes. So he also has to justify uh, in court uh, each minute why do you still have him in that lethal chokehold? The other thing is, if you feared for your life or the life of others, especially if you feel for his life, um, why didn't you try to get away? I, 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 I'm not familiar with struggling with somebody for 15 minutes because you fear for your life like that. And what threat did he, what threat did Jordan Neely pose in the 10th minute, the 11th minute, the 12th minute, et cetera. So, uh, and then also, this hasn't, the, um, these were child f f charges filed by the DA's office, uh, not from an indictment from a grand jury. From my understanding, it's still going before a grand jury, so maybe they'll come back with second-degree murder charges. Uh, and, and that right there, again, I, I, what still just jumps out at me on this, Matt, is this, this notion that, I acted in self-defense before something happened. When a person is not brandishing a weapon, um, anything along those, let's just, say, let, let's just say for the sake of conversation here, that Jordan Neely walked up to him and said, I'm gonna knock you out. You still took an action that killed somebody. I mean, yeah, that's true. I, I can see, obviously, having done this work, I can see a circumstance where somebody's not brandishing a weapon. A good example would be if he continued to motion towards his pockets as though he had a weapon, right? That, uh, 12 people might think that that's a circumstance where you're reasonably in fear for your life. But here, I don't think you have that at all. And I think what's already happening with the common character assassination we see in the media is they're talking about other circumstances where Jordan Neely allegedly attacked other dry, uh, people on the subway and that kind of thing. But I don't see that evidence here. So that's one, immaterial. Two, the same kind of character assassination we always see. But three, is going to make Daniel Penny's case that much harder if there's not anything he can 
point to to substantiate that he, he was in reasonable fear, because that's what the law does. It puts a duty on the person claiming self-defense to show that they were in reasonable fear, right, of their safety. So if that fear um, is not believed or is not reasonable, you can be convicted every day of the week. And that's what I suspect 12 people do in this case. And, and, and I think for me, what really, what, what I see here, um, uh, Kelly, uh, what I see here is, is you, you take this action and what's amazing is to sit here and watch all of these nutcases on the right hail this guy as a hero. And it shows you the complete and utter disregard we have for folks who may have, who have mental issues, folks who may be homeless. This notion that, yeah, it's okay to kill this guy. Society won't miss him. Well, I think it has more to, it, it, the added layer with the people on the right regarding this issue is that this was an unhoused, mentally ill black man. I do not think that the vitriol from the right would be as vitriolic had this young man been white and had this young man been white and killed by another white man, or further, had this young man been white and killed by a black man. I don't think that we would be seeing the the, the discourse that we are seeing now amongst uh, the right regarding this issue. At the end of the day, this was a young black man who was mentally ill. This was a young black man who was mentally ill and unhoused. And frankly, not to make it a stereotype, this happened in New York City. He is not the only one who has these issues. He is not the only one who is going through this. And it would be terrible precedent if Mr. Penny were to, uh, uh, God forbid, be acquitted of these charges or anything of that sort. But I think it's a terrible precedent now, the fact that he has only been charged with, or indicted um, with, with manslaughter when According to the video that we have seen and according to the legal experts that we have heard from, they, he could have been indicted for second-degree murder with everything going on. So right now, it, 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 it's not—it's it, unfortunate that this is happening right now. But from, from what I'm hearing on the right, it's par for the course. See, the, the, the thing here for me, Michael, which, which, which makes this thing so bothersome, is that when you listen to these people, mm -hmm. what, what we have, we have this, this attitude, again, in this uh, society uh, that uh, these things, uh, uh, that this guy was a worthless human being who deserved to be killed because he was so-called loud and threatening people on a subway. Yeah, Roland, and, and a lot of these people who are, who are echoing that, a lot of them on Coup Plotter TV, Fox News, a lot of these are white supremacists. Okay, let's be clear. These are the same people who cheered on Donald Trump when he was on CNN lying just the other night. Okay, these are the same people who we see uh, over and over again who attack Black Lives Matter, et cetera. But um, let me just say this very quickly. To have a lethal chokehold uh, on Jordan Neely for 15 minutes does not sound like self-defense. That sounds like torture to me. OK, number one. Number two, I don't know how many black people were on that subway, but God damn it, if you see somebody trying to execute one of us, I hope somebody would stand up and stop that, intervene. OK, that's totally uncalled for. Uh, so, you know, um, George Floyd 
the the, tro the the knee on George Floyd's neck neck was nine minutes and twenty six seconds, if I remember correctly. That was that's a hold from jujitsu. That's a, that cuts off the flow of blood to the brain. This was fifteen minutes. Okay, so we we gotta have some respect for ourselves and intervene, especially when we see somebody white trying to execute somebody like one of us like this. We we have to more have more respect for ourselves also. Well, again, I mean, I, and, and that's the thing for me that that really that, that bothers me here. Uh, Matt, it, it is a state of mind. What we have in this country now is a state of mind that there are some people, a lot of people, who don't mean anything, who are throwaways, who if we kill them, we don't care. It, it, it sort of reminds me of the guy, the business owner in San Francisco, just walking up. I'm just going to just water spray this um, homeless person. I'm just going to just spray whatever, bug spray or bear spray. I'm just going to sit here and douse them. There is a lack of humanity. And again, I get it. You're on the subway. And look, I've written the subway in New York City. And somebody's out there yelling and screaming. And look, your whole deal is like, all right, let me stand here. Let me see what this fool's going to do. Let's see what his ass going to do. But, but, but when you decide to take him down, and you are a Marine. You have been trained in hand-to-hand -hand combat. You know the difference between detaining a man until the cops come and murdering him. And that's what Penny did. He chose to literally snuff the life. He sat there and had this man's life in his arms and said, I'm going to kill him. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, I don't know that there's much I need to add. I think you're exactly right. And I think what we see being fomented in our country right now is exactly what you said, which is that we are allowing the othering of people that whomever, you know, people find to be worthless or less than valuable. We see it in our state houses. We're seeing it on this subway. We see it in the media every day. And it's it's terrifying because What's happening is we're normalizing violence towards people, right? And we're normalizing violence towards the least of these, if you will, people afflicted with mental health. Um, instead of finding ways to help them and get them the treatment that they need, they're being killed in open, you know, public on the subway. So I, I don't know how you curb that tide, but that's something that we're dealing with as long as uh, along with the erosion of democracy. And what we're saying is not only is there not a preservation of the dignity of those people? There is an active assault against history, against the truth being told in a lot of different spaces. So we have to fight against that. And I'm glad Michael said that because, you know, there's an example of a case in the 1980s that they teach in law school where a man was shot in New York City on the subway. And it's that precise question about um, bystander innocence and bystander uh, liability. Yep. And what needs to happen is people need to step in when they see something like this happening and say, man, you're going too far. And that's one of the facts that I think will hurt Daniel Penny. My understanding is somebody indicated to him that Mr. Neely had defecated on himself at some point during the time he was being choked, and he disregarded that. And that'll be a very, very difficult fact for his defense team to fight against. Folks, hold tight one second. We come back. Uh, we'll talk with a uh, history maker, the first black woman to lead the South Carolina Democratic Party. What is it going to take to get black folks in South Carolina to maximize their voting power. I will ask her that next. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network. That was a pivotal, 
pivotal time. And I remember mm. Kevin, Kevin Hart telling me that. Um, he's like, man, what you doing, man? You got to stay on stage. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know, I'm young, thinking, yeah, I'm good. And he was absolutely right. What, 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 what show was you other time? This was one-on-one. Got during it. During that time. I, and I was, so, you, so you're doing one-on-one, yep. going great, yeah. you're making money, you like... I'm like, I don't need to leave. I don't need, I don't need to leave from, you know, third, Wednesday, Thursday to Sunday. I, I, you know, I, I just I didn't want to do that. You know, it was just like, I'm going to stay here. Or I didn't want to finish work Friday, fly out, go do a gig Saturday, Sunday. I was like, I don't have to do that. And, and I lost a little bit of that hunger that I had mm. in New York. I would hit all the clubs, run around. I, you know, sometimes me and Chappelle, or me and this one or that one, we'd go to the comedy cellar at one in the morning. And I mean, that was our life. We loved it. You know, you do two shows in Manhattan, go to Brooklyn, leave Brooklyn, go to Queens, go to Jersey. And I kind of just, I got complacent. Well, I was like, I got this money, I'm good. I don't need to go, I don't need to go chase that because that money, wasn't at the same level that I was making, but what I was missing was that training. Yes. Was that, was that. And it wasn't the money. It was the money, you know, it was that, that's what I needed.
next on The Frequency with me, D Barnes. We're going to talk to Leslie Seagar, a.k.a. Big Les, and talk about her incredible career as a dancer, choreographer, and DJ of Rap City. Magic Johnson was there, so half the NBA was there. Iman the supermodel, so all the supermodels were there every day. After right. Like, it was a who's who of who's who. Right here on The Frequency in the Black Star Network. Hi, this is Essence Atkins. Hey, I'm Dion Cole from Blackish. Hey, everybody, this is your man Fred Hammond, and you're watching Roland Martin, my man, unfiltered. All right, folks, for the first time in history, Democrats have elected a black woman to lead them in the state of South Carolina. Christelle of Spain uh, won the position with a commanding victory with the support of prominent Democrats such as longtime uh, Congressman Jim Clyburn. Her election come to South Carolina will play a significant role in the Democratic presidential race. Uh, of course, it'll be the first uh, primary. This is the first time that has happened. Uh, she joins us now from Columbia, South Carolina. So first off, uh, congratulations. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Uh, obviously, with South Carolina being first up, uh, that is a, a huge change. So, uh, look, Biden is running. You've got a couple of nominal candidates who announced they're running as well. Uh, and so what, what is that going to mean for you, for Democrats, for African-Americans in the state by now being the first primary? It means that, you know, black voters go for we, we get to hear, have our voices heard first. Right. For the longest time, we've been at the, the end of the, the campaign uh, cycle, but now we get to go first. And so what that means is candidates are going to have to start talking about issues that matter to black voters. They're going to have to start coming into the communities where black voters are and trying to engage them in a real way, not in the same way that they've, they've done in Iowa for 30 years. They're going to have to do that now here in South Carolina. You know, and, and support the black vote. And the, the thing right there, though, is not just them, you know, uh, you know, recruiting the black vote, but, but let's talk about what has to actually happen in your state. I mean, you're in a red state. Uh, Democrats have been losing statewide uh, positions. But you've got a significant number of black people in South Carolina who simply do not vote. If black people actually voted their power in South Carolina, they could elect black people statewide. What do you do to change this? So we have to start work doing year-round voter engagement. For the longest time, we've always just kind of dealt with that, the model of we, we leave our black voters to the end of the cycle, the end of a few weeks out from election uh, day. And we can't do that anymore. We have to start using, seeing black voters as persuasion targets and talking to them early and talking to them often. I just had a, success, a successful uh, cycle at the D Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee where my role was senior advisor for black engagement. And I built a program that j did just that. We started talking to black voters in April, uh, the earliest ever at the DCCC, and we spent a significant amount of money doing that. We started targeting them with digital ads, mail, radio, and we have to do those same things here in South Carolina because we can do those things, same things here in South Carolina. Uh, when, when you say talking to them, unpack that uh, because uh, I believe uh, there's a difference, different conversation saying, hey, we need you to vote. I can't get you to vote unless you're registered. I can't get you to register unless you believe that my vote actually makes a difference. 
which then means I have to explain why these policies, why these issues matter, which then gets you excited, then gets you comfortable with now can register, now can actually go vote. And so walk through what, the, what that actually looks like and means. So basically what that means, I'm talking about year-round voter engagement. That does include voter registration. So in 2020, I uh, ran the coordinated campaign for the party when Jamie Harrison was the top of our ticket. And we laid the foundation that cycle and we mobilized 1.1 million Democratic voters and a little less than a little less of those about 800 plus thousand were uh, black voters. But we weren't successful as far as getting the victory. But what I did realize is that those black voters were excited to vote for, for Jamie. But one thing that I did discover later on when I launched a pack, 46 Hope Road, to figure out why those voters weren't those Obama 08 voters weren't turning back out is because we weren't doing collective organizing. We weren't holding their hand from the time that they were registered to vote all the way to November for Election Day. And so when I'm talking about that engagement, that is from voter registration. That is, hey, it's important for you to register. You know, what, what issues matter to you? Get them registered. Make sure they get the voter registration card and just really stay connected with them until it's time to mobilize them in November. So when I say talk to us, it's just not about like, hey, hey, Democrats are here. We need your support. We also have to figure out what is a mobilizing issue for them as well. Um, there was, I saw, I remember we, we did a story here. Uh, there was a tremendous drop off of black voters in the 2022 midterms. Um, why? What happened? Um, it was a tremendous drop-off period. Uh, we've had the lowest voter turnout here in, um, in South Carolina, probably the, lower than we've seen in over a decade. So I don't really know. I wasn't at the party at the time, but it, there wasn't much of an effort um, to mobilize the voters in 2022. That is befuddling to me. I mean, because how, how can a South Carolinian be the head of the Democratic National Committee but then in South Carolina, in his home state, there wasn't much of an effort to get folk to vote when you actually had competitive races. Uh, well, Jamie, is the, are you talking about Jamie Harrison? No, I don't know. What I'm, what I'm saying is, um, you know, you got, you got the, the head of the DNC who's from South Carolina, and then what you're saying is you didn't have uh, Democrats who in South Carolina who were, tr who were engaged in trying to get the vote out in 2022. That's crazy to me. Well, I mean, it's, you know, the party, it's the candidates. You know, I'm not the person to answer that question because I wasn't, I didn't work here in 2022. I wasn't elected in 2022. Um, it's just about the party's effort. It was kind of lackluster for whatever reason. Um, was, it a, was it a function of money? Uh, and, and, a function of money and a function of how our uh, party is structured, right? If you have a top of the ticket um, here in South Carolina and they're not invested in, in the party apparatus, then the party doesn't really have an apparatus for that election cycle. So as you saw in 2020, when Jamie was the top of the ticket, he was highly invested in the party. And we had a very robust campaign cycle from, you know, all across the state, you know, from the, he invested in the races from the bottom all the way up to, of course, his own race. And so we were able to mobilize those 1.1 million voters. But if you turn around two years later and don't, and have a candidate that is not invested in organizing in that way, then the party can't really get the resources it needs to um, engage voters. Um, first of all, I, I want to, let's stay right there, uh, because what you just described is being at the mercy, frankly, of candidates. And so 
What are you going to then uh, say to these candidates, top to bottom, those who run for U.S. Senate, those who run for Congress, those who run for statewide positions, what they are going to have to do? Because, frankly, if the candidates go, hey, I'm sorry, we're not going to put the resources in there, are you going to look them in the eye and say, well, guess what? You're going to lose then. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm going to say that. But what I do want to make sure that we're doing is having a very strong and robust candidate recruitment and training program so that candidates are aware of what their ex expectations are and they, they know what they're expected to do and, the part, and they know what the party is expected to do. And we're also going to work, I'm going to work with my executive committee to come up with a plan B because we cannot be at the mercy of candidates like that ever again. Because in 2020, we took, you know, three giant steps forward. And then in 2022, we took them all, took six steps back. So we can't afford to do that. We have to continue progressing. Uh, questions from my panel. First off, Kelly. Sure. First and foremost, congratulations. Um, Thank you. I know this was no small feat. And as someone who has ancestral roots in uh, South Carolina, both Carolinas, but South Carolina in particular, I'm really excited for you in this endeavor. Um, my question to you is, even though I understand you are new to this position and you mentioned that some of the problems in the past has been the the lack of hand-holding, as you called it, um, from the voter being registered to actually getting the vote uh, secured, um, while that may all be well and good, how do you plan on uh, the sustainability of, of holding these voters within the Democratic Party, but more importantly, how do, are you planning to hold the candidates within South Carolina accountable so that they actually see through and see too that the vote that they uh, earned actually, frankly, is earned? How am I going to hold the candidates? Tell me one more time. I'm sorry. <laughs> How are you going to hold candidates accountable, the Democratic candidates under under your uh, purview accountable for the thing for the vote that you are trying to galvanize in South Carolina? You know, it's all about really in having a strategy. We're all going to be invested in that 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 winning strategy. Um, and a lot of times, I've seen in the past from from a different vantage point that everybody's kind of doing their own thing, and we can't do that, right? The party has a role um, in the election as well as the candidates. And so if the, the accountability piece to me comes with we're doing our part, which is, you know, these voters here, right? We, we know the voters that we need to mobilize and we know the voters that the candidate needs to try to persuade to vote. And so I think it's, it, the accountability comes with it being invested in the strategy. Like you only win if you're going to do what we've already laid out. And I don't think that that's been laid out fair enough for folks in the past. So that's just one of, the, that's one of the ways that I see us holding them accountable, because here's what we're going to do. We can't go persuade independent voters. The party, that's not the party's role. The party's role is to expand and mobilize the base voters. So if they understand that, I think that if they understand that and they're invested in winning, they'll, they'll be accountable, I believe. Michael. Hey, congratulations, uh, Crystal. Uh, I think this is a big accomplishment. Um, I agree with um, everything that you said, then with the outreach and um, starting early and continuous contact, things of this nature. Uh, one thing that I think is really important is in the communication, um, the ongoing communication is assessing what has been accomplished 
under the Biden-Harris administration, what has been accomplished the past two years, et cetera, or three years. Um, what are one or two ways that you plan to communicate what has been accomplished, one? And two, are you using the doc—just curious, are you using the document from WhiteHouse.gov, uh, uh, the Biden-Harris administration advances equity and opportunity for black Americans and communities across the country? Because this is about a 26-page document that breaks down category by category how the policies of the Biden-Harris administration are helping African Americans. Um, absolutely. I've seen that document. And the one thing that I will tell you is that just because we haven't been talking to our voters in that way, our voters don't know, right? They, they don't right. know their vote is working for them. And that right. is the role of the Democratic Party, like even with the bipartisan infrastructure law right here yeah. in South Carolina, right here in Columbia, the traffic is almost at a standstill because of all of the construction and people are frustrated. But what I want to make sure that our voters know, this is progress. This is your vote working for you. This is this is what the, your your tax dollars are fixing these roads finally, right? Even with all the the, the broadband, South Carolina is a rural state, so having the uh, access to Wi-Fi across these rural counties is, you know, it's hugely beneficial to our voters. And we have to let them know: here is your vote working for you again, right here. You voted for this, you got it. Access to clean water. We've had our own counties. Um, here that have had, you know, water crisis that we're coming out of. So every community having clean drinking water is your vote working for you. And so it, it, we have so many things to celebrate and uh, yes. to tell our voters about the accomplishments. And we have to tell them we, we are not telling them we're not talking to them. And that's what I'm going to change. Thank you, Matt. Congratulations on your election. Uh, my question for you is this. What, if any, leverage do you see this gives your party in South Carolina in particular in driving the national conversation in terms of policy, and particularly maybe policy for us or just democratic policy in general? And what I mean is that if y'all are the first uh, primary, you'll be the benchmark essentially for candidates and what they do in subsequent primaries. So how do you see that leverage that this gives y'all? I think that it gives black voters a voice, a voice early uh, rather than later, right? So whatever the, the, the needs and the the... the issues are, of black voters are, when this cycle really gets started, that's what is going to happen. That's what the candidates are going to be talking about, right? Because they're not going to be able to wait and push it to the background. They're going to have to lead off with issues that matter to black voters. Last question I, I have, that is, you have Moms for Liberty that has taken over a significant number of school boards. And so a lot of focus oftentimes is on national and statewide races. But the reality is when you talk about a state Democratic Party, uh, you're also looking at those local races. What is your strategy uh, to retake uh, those races? Is it a matter of reminding people that, hey, you kind of got to vote in those races as well? Uh, because my understanding, 10 of the 14 largest school districts in South Carolina, a significant number of black folks, Moms for Liberty, these crazy white right-wingers, they're running through, changing curriculum, firing superintendents. That's impacting black students. 100%. And that's a part of our, you know, I, 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 don't, I no longer want to leave out um, nonpartisan candidates in our candidate recruitment and training um, because, of course, we see the Republicans have tra uh, changed the, the playbook, so we have to make sure that those folks are running strong as well. But we have to, again, tell our voters, you can't miss elections. Like, you feel the, the brunt of your city council election quicker than you will the presidential. Like, you feel the brunt of your uh, city council race quicker than you will, you know, the presidential. So that is also a... a part of what the party has to do as far as that voter engagement, because it's the education piece. It's not just November in the even year. There, there are big races here going on this year, 
uh, mayoral race in Charleston, the city of Charleston, a big more mayoral race in the city of Greenville. So we've got lots of time to practice what we need to do for next year in the general. All right, then, Ms. Payne, we surely appreciate it. Thanks a bunch, uh, and uh, good luck. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. All right, got to go to a break. We'll be back, folks. Uh, black and Missing will also talk about uh, three white men who chased a black man and killed him in Jacksonville, Florida, and also four teens arrested for the killing of a black cop in Chicago. That's next on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. When you talk about blackness and what happens in black culture, we're about covering these things that matter to us, uh, speaking to our issues and concerns. This is a genuine people-powered movement. There's a lot of stuff that we're not getting. You get it, and you spread the word. We wish to plead our own cause to long have others spoken for us. We cannot tell our own story if we can't pay for it. This is about uh, covering us. Invest in Black-owned media. Your dollars matter. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. So please support us in what we do, folks. We want to hit 2,000 people, $50 this month, raise $100,000. We're behind 100000 so we want to hit that. Y'all money makes this possible. Check some money orders. Go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037- 0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. On a next A Balanced Life with me, Dr. Jackie, what does it mean to actually have balance in your life? Why is it important and how do you get there? A masterclass on the art of balance. It could change your life. Find the harmony of your life. And so what beat can you maintain at a good pace? What cadence can keep you running that marathon? Because we know we're going to have, you know, high levels. We're going to have low levels. But where can you find that flow, that harmonious pace? That's all next on A Balanced Life on Black Star Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. My name is Charlie Wilson. Hi, I'm Sally Richardson-Whitfield. And I'm Dodger Whitfield. Hey, everybody, this is your man Fred Hammond, and you're watching Roland Martin, my man, unfiltered. Myers went missing from her King Street, South Carolina home on April 21st. The 16-year-old is 5 feet 6 inches tall, weighs 165 pounds with brown hair and brown eyes. Anyone with information about Kennedy Myers should call the Williamsburg County, South Carolina Sheriff's Office at 843-354-0606, 843-354-0606. Folks, this story reminds me of the Mount Arbery case. Three white men uh, in Jacksonville, Florida are accused of killing a black man who they actually chased. Ryan Nichols was charged with second-degree murder, while Daniel DeGaria and Holden Dotson were charged with accessory after the murder. The three men are accused of chasing a black man whose identity has not been released for no reason, shot and killed him. Jacksonville sheriffs found the victim on May 2nd lying on the ground near a dumpster where police believe he was trying to hide from the men. He was pronounced deceased. The judges advised DeGaria and Dotson that they may have hate crime charges added to uh, the other charges. According to Florida statutes, hate crimes bring heavier penalties. This right here uh, is absolutely uh, insane, Kelly. It is absolutely insane. And unfortunately, it's not the first time we've seen something so insane. Um, I hope that they are uh, convicted and sentenced to the highest sentence that they can possibly receive, because it is absolutely unacceptable to have such stupidity on top of racism in this country. There is no reason for this. This black man lost his life, and for what? Because three people saw a black man crossing the street. This is not Jim Crow anymore, and it wasn't acceptable then. It sure isn't acceptable now. And hopefully uh, the law will hold them accountable, because based off of the the information that we have uh, available to us via media, um, they they very well may be guilty of this crime, and they should be held accountable for it to the full extent of the law. Um, it is just, I mean, Michael, we, again, we continue to see what happens here. I mean, my goodness, they chase this guy and kill him. Yeah, uh, Roland, you know, this is another sad event. Uh, once again, I don't think it's uh, coincidental that it's taking place in the state of Florida, where at the same time they are attacking uh, how African-American history is taught in schools. Uh, at the same time, they're banning books, dealing with the civil rights movement, et cetera. Uh, and the way you treat a people is largely based upon what you've been taught about a people, what you think about a people. Um, and, you know, we can't let it escape this conversation that Florida is where Rosewood was. 
and the Rosewood, Florida massacre in 1923, where they destroyed an entire town. White supremacists destroyed an entire town and ran those African-Americans out of um, Rosewood and took their land, all because of a lie. All right, so uh, this is another tragedy. Hopefully, they get the uh, fullest uh, uh, brought to justice and get the uh, uh, stiffest penalty. But things like this have to stop. Uh, absolutely. Um, this case here uh, out of Chicago, quite sad. Uh, Arnold Preston, a 24-year-old uh, police officer, uh, was actually shot and killed uh, as she was uh, at her home. Um, now, what, the, what they're investigating, uh, Matt, in Chicago, is why did it take cops 30 minutes to respond to the shooting after the uh, shot cam detected that shots were fired in the area? Uh, four uh, African-American men, were teenagers, were actually arrested uh, for her murder. Apparently, they had gone on a—go ahead and show the photos, folks. Apparently, they had gone on a robbery spree. Uh, and she was, uh, three individuals, I'm sorry, she was one of the victims. Again, a 24-year-old sister uh, who, um, again, uh, shot and killed. Uh, and uh, saw a news conference, uh, Matt, where we'll try to find a video, where her mother uh, was just uh, stricken by it and said she actually felt sorry uh, for those young men. This here is a photo of that 24-year-old officer, Ms. Preston. I mean, this is uh, obviously heinous, and it's obviously indefensible. And what's layered uh, on top of just the, the clear facts here is the fact that we're talking about juveniles. We're talking a 14-year-old child um, doing this. And obviously, children can be charged as adults, and children can, can understand, uh, to some extent, gravity of those crimes. But, you know, the system has a whole different uh, approach to juvenile prosecution than it does adult prosecution because of what we understand about neuroscience. So I say all that to say what's especially sad here is you have three young men um, who committed this heinous crime. What happened to this woman is obviously the most important part of this. But a corollary to that is you have three young lives that are, are now gone, and it makes you have to do an examination of the circumstances that put them there, the circumstances of systems that are failing them holistically, and it culminates in things like this heinous shooting. Um, and I hope that they're, they're brought to justice, but I also hope that there is uh, appropriate response and that we look at the systemic causes of what causes this kind of uh, conduct. Uh, indeed, uh, <clears throat> indeed. Uh, also, while we are uh, talking about uh, Chicago, folks, uh, what was also uh, happening there, of course, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, uh, of course, lost her re-election bid. They also uh, are dealing with this here. Uh, HUD has actually settled a lawsuit with the city of Chicago with regards to uh, environmental racism. Uh, they're going to have to uh, actually make some changes uh, there. Uh, HUD uh, found that Chicago City Hall effectively engaged in environmental racism uh, for years. If you look at this year, since last year, HUD investigators accused the city of intentionally steering polluters to neighborhoods already overburdened with pollution and threatened to withhold tens of millions of dollars in federal funding if the city does not change its practices. Uh, and again, uh, what we're seeing is that they were steering folks to areas where black folks uh, live. 
Life put ahead a statement. Chicago is listening to the longstanding concerns voiced by environmental justice organizations and community members who have described how intensive industrial operations and commercial transportation affect their neighborhoods, health, <clears throat> and quality of life. Uh, I mean, Kelly, what's crazy here is, again, this is a city, uh, last four years, has had a black mayor, uh, significant African-American population, and here's HUD saying that this city, Chicago, was engaged in environmental racism. Well, and, and we've talked about this concept on your show before, Roland, and that you do not necessarily have to be white in order to be a white supremacist, and you certainly don't have to be non-black in order to be biased against black people. And if HUD is saying that environmental racism has been occurring in the city of Chicago, um, and the evidence points to that, then I I just go with the evidence. Um, and based off of what you're saying, based off of what the media is saying about this issue, it is unfortunate that there are some black people out there who do not necessarily care about or prioritize the lives of other black people within their surroundings. And you, you we have to find a way to root out those specific biased black people and bring in people who actually care about the collective, who care about all black people and make sure that things like environmental racism don't happen in predominantly black cities or predominantly minority um, populated cities. What was crazy here, Michael, uh, go to my iPad, please. Uh, and that is, uh, it says, central to a complaint, this is from Chicago Sun-Times, central to a complaint from three Southside organizations in 2020 was the planned relocation of the general iron car and metal shredding operation from Lincoln Park to East 116th Street along the Calumet River. The organizations complaining to HUD said neighborhood residents' civil rights were being violated by the move which shifted a polluting nuisance in a mostly white, affluent neighborhood to a predominantly Latino community area surrounded by majority black neighborhoods. So let's, ta let's take it out of the white folks area uh, who got money and let's go where the black and Latino folks are. Yeah, Roland, and we see this This is the, the fight that is going on within the uh, environmental justice uh, arena, uh, fighting against environmental racism. Um, and, you know, and also coupled with this, it may not play a part specifically in this case, but in other cases where we see uh, things like this happen, gentrification is taking place as well. Um, so th this is part of the harm that has to be repaired when we talk about repairing yep. the legacy of a, da a damage of slavery and post-slavery as well, things like this that people don't really take into account, but this type of racism is deadly. Uh, also, last year, go to my iPad, uh, Suntime said, HUD still has an ongoing but separate civil rights investigation related to the power that Chicago City Council members wield to prevent low-income housing in their wards. We'll keep you abreast. So great job there by Secretary Marsha Fudge uh, and uh, the Department uh, of HUD. Folks, when we come back, why is the FCC not taking a vote on Standard General's uh, opportunity to uh, buy the tech, the television station groups? Um, we'll talk to uh, FCC Commissioner uh, Brendan Nicar next, right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Next on The Black Table with me, Greg Carr. We look at one of the most influential and prominent Black Americans of the 20th century. His work literally changed the world. Among other things, he played a major role in creating the United Nations. He was the first African-American and first person of color to win the Nobel Peace Prize. And yet today, 
he is hardly a household name. We're talking, of course, about Ralph J. Bunch. A new book refers to him as the absolutely indispensable man. His lifelong interest and passion in racial justice, specifically in the form of colonialism. And he saw his work as uh, an activist, an advocate uh, for the black community here in the United States, as just the other side of the coin of his work trying to roll back European empire in Africa. Author Cal Rastiala will join us to share his incredible story. That's on the next Black Table, here on the Black Star Network. Hi, I'm Dr. Jackie Hood-Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We'll laugh together, cry together, pull ourselves together, and cheer each other on. So join me for new shows each Tuesday on Black Star Network, a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Everybody, it's your man, Fred Hammond. Hi, my name is Brisha Webb, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Ow. Well, I like a nice filter usually, but we can be unfiltered. Folks, uh, in a few days, the financing was going to run out for Standard General's uh, acquisition of the television state television group Tegna. Now, what would happen if they were able to do this? 
Uh, they will be uh, acquiring the second largest TV group uh, in uh, the country uh, based upon uh, revenue. Now, Su Kim, who is who leads Standard General, uh, he's a Korean American. Uh, they, they've been in, having this battle back and forth. They've been fighting uh, various uh, unions. Some support, uh, some don't. Uh, critics have said they're going to be causing the loss of jobs. Uh, he said he's made a number of concessions, saying they're going to be actually adding jobs. We actually have a partnership with Sue Kim if this deal goes through uh, to expand our content as a black owned media company on uh, all of these uh, various properties. And so uh, if he's able to do this, joining us right now is the commissioner of the FCC, uh, Brendan Carr. There are four commissioners. They have a, they have a position uh, that is vacant. Uh, the, the chair of the FCC, uh, of course, uh, sent, sent this to an administrative judge. Uh, many said that's a death nail because they don't have the judge admitted they don't have enough time to actually investigate this here. What still is befuddling to me, Commissioner Carr, and I was there at the FCC meeting a couple of weeks ago, um, if you have an FCC commission, and you have four commissioners, and yes, you got one person who's not there, why in the world does the chair not say, look, we're the commission. We get to decide, have an actual hearing, go through the facts, have an actual vote, because this has been looked at by the FCC for a hell of a long time, right? Yeah, you're right. Look, there's no question the FCC has the authority to issue an up or down vote on the merits with respect to this transaction in time uh, for that ruling to make a difference. Although, as you indicated, it doesn't look at all like that's going to happen. If you step back, what's concerning here is if you look at the uh, the ownership by minorities of full power TV stations in this country, it's in the single digits. And we have worked for years to try to improve that. And without really us doing anything, this transaction came to the FCC, as you noted, minority owner, Sue Kim, uh, would be purchasing about 60 full-power TV stations, and they'd be run uh, by a woman. That would put us for the first time into the teens, at least, in terms of the percentage of TV stations owned by a minority, increased by 50 percent. Uh, that doesn't happen very often when you can have the, the most significant uh, pro-diversity injection of capital and ownership into broadcast TV. And the Internet's great. People are going direct to consumer. I think that's fantastic. Gets rid of the middleman. But there's still something very unique about the power of local television. I think this was one where the FCC uh, really didn't run very good process, and I'm disappointed with where it is right now. Um, you also have um, folks uh, like Cedric Richmond, former congressman, who said that the FCC's decision does not jive with the Biden-Harris administration on wanting more equity and inclusion uh, when it comes to uh, businesses in this country. Yeah, you're right. I mean, look, the touchstone of the FCC's media regulations of our entire approach to media regulation is localism, competition, and importantly, diversity, diversity of voices, diversity in all of its components. And again, it, it takes a lot of work to try to attract uh, minority ownership in media broadcasting because access to capital is difficult. There's a lot of barriers to entry experience. And again, when you have a transaction coming to the FCC's door that says, look, we will put you in the teens, we will increase by 50% minority ownership of TV stations, and yet we just put this bad process. Again, to step back, this deal was before the FCC for a year. Uh, and as far as I could tell, as a commissioner, I was receiving no indication that this wasn't headed towards a, an up or down vote. And all of a sudden, the trap door fell out beneath of it. And, and just think about the signal that it sends, not just the, the negative signal it sends in this particular transaction, but who's going to want to go through the expense and the risk of a year-long regulatory review at the FCC, only to be told at the end of that, by the way, you're not even going to get reviewed on the merits. We're just going to let you die when your financing runs out.
Um, one of the things that uh, I have um, uh, said, uh, again, and I've been one of the people, I've been one of the people uh, who has been, look, just out front, really pushing hard when it comes to ownership. Uh, and, and the thing here is that when you talk about uh, this opportunity, there have been a number of civil rights groups that have signed MOUs uh, with uh, Sue Kim with regards uh, to uh, this in terms of what it would mean. Uh, but, you know, you know, we actually, uh, look, I own this. And I can tell you, there's been no other major station group. There's been no other major station group uh, that where who, where we've met with who said, "Hey, let's do a deal uh, and help grow and build a black-owned media company." Uh, and that, to me, that's why uh, that's why I did it because the ability for us to be able uh, to get our content, to have our content uh, on uh, these platforms, uh, to be able to access local television stations where African Americans are, that's what this is about. That's why we struck this deal. And so, by the FCC not moving on it, not only do you deny Sue Kim, come on, guys, show the photo. Not only do you deny Sue Kim um, the this deal, you also are actually hurting someone like me, a black-owned media company, from being able to grow and being able to one day able to buy stations and build a media company. And so what ends up happening is the media, frankly, the second most powerful institution in the world behind the military, stays largely white in America. Yeah, it's deeply, deeply disappointing. You know, one, another idea that we threw out a couple of years ago was something called an incubator program. Uh, we launched it in the radio context, which is to say a large TV station could incubate a smaller new entrant, you know, women-owned, minority-owned, um, and they could do that in a way that wouldn't count against FCC's ownership rules. That radio incubator hasn't really seen a lot of uptake. My view is we need to expand that into TV and maybe look at some additional incentives. How do we create the right regulatory incentives so that large established uh, TV, hopefully soon, and radio stations will bring on board new entrants, get them into the market, share resources, share talent, uh, and allow them to flourish. I think that incubator program is another thing at the FCC that we really need to get going on. Well, and look, you used to have uh, you used to have tax credits uh, that played a huge role that expanded uh, the number of radio station uh, ownership. Uh, that, of course, that went away, and then we saw that contract as well. Uh, and, and 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 the thing here, and, and again, I'm, I'm just going to. This is not an ideological deal. Here's the deal: when Sinclair took over all these TV stations, they infused their ideological perspective in these stations. So, so we understand, and look, I know, when you own, you get to do what you want. And so, having a Korean American who owns a station, partnering with African Americans, partnering with Latinos and others, it expands the opportunity. And I, I would have thought democratically appointed FCC commissioners would like that. Yeah, look, I think ownership matters, to your point. And, uh, and I think that's why we, we work so hard. You mentioned the tax credits, which were in place. Um, they expired, and Congress hasn't put them back in place. Uh, those seem to work. Obviously, there was constitutional questions raised with respect to that. I think that was part of the expiring. But again, there's all these things that we try to do to introduce minority ownership, and yet this deal comes to our door, and all we have to do is say yes, and you go from you know 5%, 6%, 7% uh, minority ownership of TV stations in this country uh, into the teens right away. And, and that's that's a pretty good start. And again, I'm just I'm concerned about this transaction. I don't see a path forward at this point, unfortunately, process wise at the FCC. But again, more, more generally, I mean, who wants to go through this when there's just no certainty at all? So I think we've got work to do at the FCC to make sure that 
the ownership of TV stations, of radio stations, better reflect the diversity of this country. You have two commissioners who would like for there to be an up and down vote, you and Commissioner Simington. There was a filing that I thought was interesting uh, that stated, in any event, the applicant's request for a commission vote appears futile, given that it seems unlikely that the applicants could receive a majority vote in support of their proposed transaction because the FCC does not have a full complement of commissioners to vote or break a deadlock. First, uh, Gregory uh, Starks is an African-American. Uh, he's an FCC commissioner. Um, as he actually publicly stated where he stands on this, and first of all, how can there someone say, well, it's going to be deadlocked if you never actually have a vote? Yeah, well, process-wise at the FCC, uh, the chair has complete control over what comes before us to vote and what gets yanked away from us in terms of casting a vote. That's a prerogative of the chair. So, again, even though there's four of us, even if three people came together and said they want to vote on the merits, unless one of those three is the chair, there's no action-forcing uh, way that three commissioners can force a, a, a chair to bring somewhere something forward. You mentioned Commissioner Starks. He's been doing really good work uh, at the FCC. He's been uh, working hard. I was just with him uh, at Historically Black University down uh, in here in Virginia, and he's been promoting some initiative to try to get uh, more low-income minority communities onto the Internet with a particular program called ACP, which is a new uh, subsidy discount to get low-income uh, people online. So I think we're all rowing in the right direction here, but this is just a real big black eye for the FCC when we had a chance to do something to promote diversity, um, and, and plainly it looks like at this point we're not going to. Uh, indeed. Commissioner Brendan Carr, we appreciate you joining us uh, and coming here on Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, to explain uh, what's going on in this deal. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thanks a bunch. Uh, I've got my panel here. This is the thing, Michael, and, and that what you have going on. So you got something that's going on right here, okay? Uh, you've, got, um, you've got some Democrats who have been opposing, saying, oh, private equity, taking over this uh, immediate property, they're going to be just slashing uh, jobs left and right. But you've got some other Democrats who have been saying, wait a minute, uh, you had like Senator Robert Menendez saying, why are we not addressing the issue of diversity and ownership? Um, you've got folks on both sides. You've got some union folks opposing, some union folks uh, who are supporting. The thing for me is it's real simple. You're the FCC. You are appointed to make decisions. Do your job. Commissioner uh, Rosenwald, just do it. Call for the actual, call for the actual vote, or say we're going to have an FCC hearing. We want to hear both sides, and let's vote and see what the hell happens. Don't ship it off to an administrative judge to kill it. Yeah, I think I think the FCC should act on this, um, and this is one of the reasons why specifically black-owned uh, media is so important. But how Black-owned media is also impacted by government decisions, by who's in office, uh, by the FCC. So uh, I think they should uh, make a decision on this. And, and, and also, you know, we have to understand, and I think those of us on the panel know this, the, the Democratic Party is not a monolith. Um, those those Democrats in, in the House and the Senate, they're not a monolith. Uh, and I think it's, it's also important to have— um, representatives in the House and the Senate who also have some type of background in media. The reason why I say that is specifically African-Americans. The reason why I say that is because they can probably advocate better for African-American media than other people who may mean well but don't have any experience in this arena. Well, here's the whole deal. 
the, the FCC, that's what their job is, Matt. They are the Federal Communications Commission. There are four of them. One person had a name withdrawn after opposition from Republicans. And so typically, whoever part is in control, they typically will have three Democrats, two Republicans, or three Republicans, two Democrats, typically how it goes. The thing here, though, is do your job. Literally, you've had, you've had months and months and months of research. That's why you have staff. Call a hearing and say, guess what? Those who are for this, we would love to hear your testimony. Those who are against, we're going to sit here and actually do a vote. Don't, this is sort of like, Matt, like um, the Supreme Court shadow docket. You just be able to, so you don't actually have any hearings. You don't actually have any testimony, but you kill uh, certain things or make certain rulings uh, at Friday night at 9 p.m. so no one knows what's going on. That's essentially what's going on here. You're killing a deal by not actually holding a vote. It happens every day, and I hate it, because they often try to put the lawyers in the position where we make some decision that they're afraid to make and they're afraid of voters having, uh, you know, a response that they don't like. But I think you're 100% right. Or at least here, they should make it very clear what the potential objections are. What I was wondering and what I was hoping to ask Mr. Carr is whether there's a concern about it being anti-competitive, whether there's some concern about, you know, monopoly concerns or some reason that it would justify not taking a vote. But I think your point is very well stated. Look, you're on this commission to make decisions and make the decisions, period, right? Make Have the vote. And then if the vote goes the way that the deal doesn't go through, then at least you've done your public duty and, you know, made the vote that you should you think should happen. So and, and, and be on record decision in the dark and be, exactly. and be on record. This whole deal. I mean, right. when I when I went out of the hearing, uh, Kelly, uh, the, the, the chairwoman, I've had her on show before. You know, nice one. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 
That's 1-800-GAMBLER. And, and, you know, but she goes, uh, well, I can't speak to that because uh, it's, it's before the administrative judge and there's also a lawsuit going on. So then I asked her, I said, okay, so you can't speak to the mayor. Okay, how about why not hold the actual hearing? Well, I can't actually, she, I can't speak to that. She literally, her whole position was, I can't speak to anything because of the administrative law, uh, law judge. You're the one who actually sent it there. So it's like, you can't say anything at all. And again, I just simply go back to, I, be, I, I, I believe in leaders leading. And if you don't think this should go through, do a vote and be on record. Guess what? If it deadlocks, it deadlocks. If it's 3-1 and you're the one and the other three support it, that's great. But don't sit here and not do anything because, oh, uh, it's an easy way to kill a deal, but not actually being on record. Well, I'm sensing, and I'm not trying to make this a super broad comment, but in, in what I'm seeing in the news and how Democrats have been behaving as of late and by as of late, I mean the last, let's just say, five years to be conservative, this lack of wanting to be held accountable, this lack of being on the offense when it comes to issues and letting things just kind of rock, letting things ride such that they aren't blamed either way. And when something does go down, they can blame somebody else for it. When at the end of the day, Democrats had the the opportunity to do something about it ahead of time. And what I'm seeing here is that, frankly, the Democrats in the FCC are holding up process that would help left-wing issues such that you have diversity. Well, no, no, well, no, 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 so it's, it's, all, it's, it's, not, hold on, it's not necessarily left-wing issues. So this is not an ideological thing. The bottom line here is it's very simple. Here you have a Korean-American, owns a company. Now, there are Democrats that oppose him by saying, because you're private equity. And yes, we have seen in the newspaper industry how some private equity companies have decimated uh, jobs. One, not all companies are the same. Uh, you, have, uh, you have commitments that have been made. But the point here is this here. I don't care if you say, Sue Kim, I don't believe him. I don't believe Senator General. That's fine. Vote. Vote. Just be on record and vote it down. If there are two, if there are three commissioners that are against it, vote. If there are two and two and it's deadlocked, it still doesn't go forward. My problem is you don't even want to take a vote. That to me is weak leadership. You're killing and a deal by saying, yeah, we're not, no, we're not going to take a vote. So we're just going to let it die over here because you don't want to actually be on record to vote. 30 seconds, final comment. I understand that and I agree with you. But what I'm seeing again is a recurring theme of Democrats not wanting to take accountability because they don't know what the end result could be. Like you said, they need to do their job and vote. But because of, oh, we don't know what the repercussions are going to be if we vote one way or the other, we would rather, you know, shift 
and let another entity deal with it. That yep. is a recurring theme that I'm seeing. Well, that's crazy as hell to me. All right, folks. Uh, so, again, we'll see. I doubt anything happens, but we'll see what happens in the next few days. Got to go to break. Uh, we come back. We've got HBCU Connect. Boris Brown has a cl uh, class dealing with eSports. Yes, that is actually being taught at an HBCU. We'll talk with Christina Grand, a professor who's teaching that course. We'll also have our uh, Education Matters segment talking with um, talking with uh, folks at NASA about an innovative program there. Uh, plus, my niece Faith graduates from Howard University. Oh, actually, it's happening right now. Uh, and I actually happened to run into a prominent actor um, while I was leaving whose nephew is graduating at the same time, I'll share that with you. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. On the next Get Wealthy with me, Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach, nurses are the backbone of the healthcare industry, and yet only 7% of them are Black. What's the reason for that low number? Well, a lack of opportunities and growth in their profession. Joining us on the next Get Wealthy is Needy Bartonilla. She's gonna be sharing exactly what nurses need to do and what approach they need to take to take ownership of their success. So the Black Nurse Collaborative really spawned from a place and a desire to create opportunities to uplift each other those of us in the profession, to also look and reach back and create, and create pipelines and opportunities for other nurses like us. That's right here on Get Wealthy, only on Black Star Network. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. My name is Charlie Wilson. Hi, I'm Sally Richardson-Whitfield. And I'm Dodger Whitfield. Hey everybody, this is your man Fred Hammond, and you're watching Roland Martin, my man, Unfiltered.
folks, it's graduation day all across the country. Uh, and a little bit earlier, I dropped by Howard University uh, because uh, my niece, my niece uh, Faith Marshall, she's actually uh, graduating. Yeah, she was showing her graduating shoes. Uh, and so uh, they're actually having the ceremony as we speak. Uh, she's an architecture major, uh, getting her uh, undergraduate degree, and then she'll actually be uh, she'll actually be uh, returning to get her master's. So while I was um, uh, about to leave, like literally uh, I was leaving. I couldn't attend the ceremony because, uh, of course, I had to host a show. And so guess who I run into? Actor Roger G uh, Guinevere Smith. You've seen him in many uh, Spike Lee movies. Well, his nephew was graduating. Uh, and so, hell, while we're there, might as well say, uh, talk to him. Uh, here's our conversation. Here at Howard University, my niece is graduating. Come on, let's mic her up. Let's go, let's go. No, my mic her up. Is it your nephew? My nephew uh, is graduating, Colin Montgomery Smith. This is the fourth generation Smith coming through. Wow. Bison. Wow. And the first was my father. And tomorrow we will celebrate what would have been my father's 101st birthday. Wow. Sherman W. Smith Sr. That's awesome. Always. Well, first of all, it's always good to see uh, these young folks uh, continue the tradition out here uh, and uh, ready to, uh, to do some great stuff. What would you, if you had to speak to him, what would you tell him? If there is no struggle, there is no progress. Those who profess the favor of freedom and appreciate agitation, those who want crops sit up loud at the ground. Rain without thunder and lightning, and not the ocean without the wars. Well, they had, a, they had an awards program, and they, uh, the, 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 the head of the architecture department asked me to say a few words. Uh, and I told them, uh, I said, well, I get the commencement at Jackson State in December. I said, I'm going to tell you all the same thing. You belong in whatever room you walk in. Absolutely. Even if you have to build it yourself. You damn skippy. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Good to see you. All right. All right, folks, uh, again, so congratulations to all the graduates, uh, whether you went to HBCU, PWI, community college, uh, JUCO does not matter, and so congratulations. All right, uh, let's talk about uh, talk my, my, my next guest and what she's doing. So uh, now some of y'all out here going, uh, I wish all these kids stopped playing games. But the reality is uh, a lot of people are making a lot of money playing video games. It is huge. It is a multi-billion dollar industry. Uh, and a lot of African-Americans are not uh, fully engaged in it. Well, the folks at Morris Brown College uh, decided to actually have a course that deals with e-sports. And so, uh, my next guest, Christina Granville, they actually hired her uh, to teach that. Uh, yeah, I never thought I'd be calling uh, <laughs> Professor Granville. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. But that's actually uh, uh, what she is. So, hey, well, so, she's actually in town. So, you're in town doing something for, for the NBA? What are you doing? Yes, I work for the NBA 2K League as an NBA 2K League host. So, I host the AT&T 5G Game Day Show. And I All right, also so, what's host... the NBA 2K League? What? It is an entire league of competitive pro players that play 2K. And they have salary, they have housing, they have full benefits, and they play professionally against each other in competitions and tournaments. Really? For a lot of money. Tonight, we're playing a 3v3 tournament. They're playing for a $600,000 prize pool. Uh, a lot of brothers and sisters playing? Yeah, I mean, the, the league is very diverse. There's not a lot of women in the league. We're still trying to push the culture forward with getting women uh, involved in the league. But there's a lot of men. There are a lot of uh, black and brown uh, brothers that are in the league doing their thing. They're killing it. 
All right, so how did this uh, come about, this Morris Brown, uh, this eSports class? Oh, it is amazing. What Morris Brown is doing, it, I, I like to call it the hard reset, like uh, President James always say. Um, we have a whole entire eSports lab that is dedicated to students who want to get into eSports, who want to learn about the NBA 2K League, who wants to learn about Overwatch and Call of Duty and all these other amazing leagues that are going on that for so long, African-American millennials, young adults, have not been able to be a part of, um, maybe because of the resources or maybe because of things that they didn't know how to even get into it. So uh, Morris Brown has opened up the floodgates uh, to let students come in and learn about the world of esports. I'm a professor there, and I teach intro to team management in esports, and we have a lot of other courses that are getting these students ready to learn the business, to learn the ins and outs of the esports arena. Um, I, I love to tell people all the time and try to educate them. It's the fact that 84% of African-American millennials play video games, but only 4% are actually in the gaming industry. So what we're doing at Morris Brown College... So we're, so we're spending a lot of time playing oh, the games, but we ain't getting paid. Oh, not at all. We are... I gotta say, we are the consumers, not the producers. And that is a well, problem. Well, that's, that's the case with black people in a whole bunch of areas. It is. Where we're making a bunch of other people rich. It is. However, the time is now for us to get in this space and encourage these young students to get in where they fit in. If you know you play video games, parents, stop telling your kids playing video games is bad. There are kids and young adults and adults who are making millions of dollars from video games. And they have been benefiting from the black culture for the longest. And it's important that we continue to encourage our students to say, hey, if you want to get into video games, let's figure out the proper way to get you in that space. And at Morris Brown College, now you can get a degree in it. So uh, this is a, this is a uh, video here uh, from your Instagram feed uh, where there was a tournament there uh, mm -hmm. at Morris Brown. Uh, first of all, uh, how many uh, students are a part of this eSports lab? So we have the whole program. We have about maybe, I think, 30 to maybe 30 to 40 students who are in the eSports program. Um, and we're building that number as it goes. Of course, this is the hard reset for us. So we're trying to get more students uh, involved, more students aware of what's going on at Morris Brown College and get them to come and engage with us at Morris Brown. Uh, now, were you, uh, first of all, now how did they hire you? <laughs> Like, okay, what, why like, you like, like that? No, I'm just asking, what the hell, because uh, you play video games? Well, I used to play video games a long time ago. I played Duck Hunt, you know, a little NBA jam. So, hold up. So, you, so you, so you teaching, but, but you don't, but you ain't actually playing. So, let me tell you, this is the beautiful thing about eSports. You ready for this? What? You don't have to be a gamer to be in eSports. Think about it. Mm -hmm. If you are, I'm a host in the, <laughs> I'm a host in the NBA 2K League, the one of the biggest leagues in all of esports, and I am a host who knows the game of basketball. I'm a former game, I'm a former basketball player. I'm a played in college, I played semi professional uh, basketball, so I know the game of basketball, and I've been able to leverage that into a world of being a host, into the world of now being a professor at Morris Brown College. Through all of my experiences with working with Through the League, I was one of the first African-American females to be a sportscaster for HBCU Sports League. So I have the experience, I have the accolades, I have the knowledge to do that and to educate but you can't empower. play no games. Who? <laughs> I can play the games now. Oh, now, 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 now you can at, play them. At first, of course.
parents, because when you when yeah, you're watching, I, I gotta see some kids in the class like, man, I can teach her. Oh, no, I, and I want them to. That's what we really want with our, our students. That's what we really want with everybody, especially our black culture, is to get involved and get engaged. If you don't know how to play, it's okay. If you're a hairstylist, makeup artist, you do digital work, you're a photographer, there is room for you in the esports arena. I need everybody to understand it. You don't have to be a gamer, so don't listen to Roland. Uh, but whatever it is that you're passionate about, Please, you do want to listen to me. <laughs> Look, you don't want listen to Roland. In this, you, in you this moment, to, he's a very listen. smart guy. You but want in this, to listen to me. In this moment, whatever it is that you're passionate about when it comes to esports, if you don't know anything about esports, there is room for you to be great, especially for African-American students, to come in this space and learn and then grow. I didn't know how to play 2K, right. but now I do. All right, so I'm going to go to a break. We're going to come back. Uh, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this here. Then we got our Education Matters segment. Uh, and we'll take some questions uh, from our panelists uh, and we'll see uh, which one of them uh, <laughs> actually is still grown playing video games. What? I'm just, I, what? It's you called, said grown still playing video games as if that's a problem. Yes, first of all, it's called, it's, first of all, in television, it's called a tease. That is not a problem. Actually, it's called a tease. You know, I'm gonna get you. See, the whole point in television is like you do a tease <laughs> to keep people to come back after the break. See, somebody is a newbie at hosting. Somebody Ooh, is a veteran. Oh, we've been doing this for years, but you better get it rolling. Come on. Somebody's a veteran. Come on, rolling. You better ask somebody. <laughs> Free Hall it. of Fames. <laughs> You're watching Rolling Button Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Yes, that was petty and shit. I love you. <laughs> Hatred on the streets, a horrific scene, a white nationalist rally that descended into deadly violence. White people are losing their damn minds. As an angry pro-Trump mob storms the U.S. Capitol, we're about to see the rise of what I call white minority resistance. We have seen white folks in this country who simply cannot tolerate black folks voting. I think what we're seeing is the inevitable result of violent denial. This is part of American history. Every time that people of color have made progress, whether real or symbolic, there has been what Carol Anderson at Emory University calls white rage as a backlash. This is the rise of the Proud Boys and the Boogaloo Boys. America, there's going to be more of this. Here's all the Proud Boys, guys. This country is getting increasingly racist in its behaviors and its attitudes because of the fear of white people. The fear that they're taking our jobs, they're taking our resources, they're taking our women. This is white fear. Start Network is here. Oh, no punches! I'm real um, revolutionary right now. I thank you for being the voice of Black America. All the momentum we have now, we have to keep this going. The video looks phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, I'm Cupid, the maker of the Cupid Shuffle and the Wham Dance. What's going on? This is Tobias Trevelyan. And if you're ready, you are listening to and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. What? But what? You ask what? You ask what? What? As for what? We're back live. Thank God. What? Welcome back. Like, seriously, you trying to sit welcome, here? W- y'all, welcome she was, back. Y'all, she sat out. I'm explaining y'all what happened. Well, why you got to come on shows with your she friends, literally, Lord She Jesus. literally sat out and she said, um, uh, she said uh, what time is this coming on? <laughs> I didn't say what time is coming on. Okay. Welcome back. This is the HBC. She said, what time Next. is this coming on? I said, <laughs> we are live. <laughs> Listen, and then she just then she just see here's the problem. See, you, I you, have you never, so many you jobs. Never, you never say nothing off air because I will put it on air. I so see. then she's like, hey, we having a uh, whole conversation. Hey, can somebody send me uh, this video? I didn't have time to tell my Instagram followers. I'm like, and all my people. And I said, we only live five days a week, oh and we've God. only had Roller Martin unfiltered for four and a half years. Congratulations. And I've known her in that same time. I've known you for almost, Y'all, go to my for iPad. almost five, so, for five years. Yeah, but I've the, been working. I'm actually right down the street at Capital Run Arena at District E, hosting there as well. So I'm in between jobs. I'm in between jobs right now. I'm hosting there. I'm also here. And then I'm going back to host because we have some more students that are coming to watch our 3v3 playoffs. So shout out to everybody at the NBA 2K League that's holding it down for me while I'm here on your amazing show that I'm so happy to be a part of. Live. Live. <laughs> Let me show y'all. Uh, this here is the Morris Brown Esports Performance Concentration Certification. Uh, 24 hours are required. You see the program description. And so they offer the classes in Introduction to Esports. Uh, is that what you do? No, sir. Okay, which Introduction to Business Modeling, is that what you do? No, sir. Nope, that's no shock. Introduction to Social Media Management, is that what you do? No, sir. Okay, you got e- Esports Performance and Contemporary Issues. You do that? Nope. Intro to the desk hosting, is that what you do? I may be doing that in the fall. 
But okay, introduction to team management. There I go, that's me. Okay, first of all, so like what 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 so team intro, management? So intro to team management, there's different teams in esports, right? Got it. And you have to learn how to plan flights, how to plan events. So my right. students, what I did with them, I was teaching them and then like actually taking them to different arenas to show them how they can be a part and how they can build gotcha. these teams. Would you ever had an esports team? Have I had an esports team? Right. No, I have not. Gotcha. Have I had to manage one? Gotcha. Like and help them? Yes, I have. Oh, how many how many how many players were you managing? Uh, not players, just the whole entire thing. Oh, really? Like getting ideas, trying Got to it. figure out how to how we're gonna do this event, how we're gonna do that event. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Come on, you wanna Check sit with me? Come on, let's Check. do it now. You know, I'm gonna go toe for toe with you. No, Come you on. can't. No, you can't. Come on, okay. Rolling. Intro television production and esports career planning uh, capstone. All right, uh, let's go. We have questions for our panel. Uh, let me see, out of the three of y'all, Matt, Michael, and Kelly, let's see, who likely spends a lot of time as a grown-ass person playing? Oh, you know, games? don't do them like that. Oh, it's probably Matt. <laughs> it's probably Matt. You never know. It could be the young lady. <laughs> it's probably Matt. Matt, is that you? I mean, Matt, Matt really a part-time lawyer. Oh! But, but yeah, he, really, he, really a, he, he really a part-time lawyer, uh, who, but in most of the time he's playing video games. All right, Matt, what's... What's your esports question for uh, Christina? Here's my question, Christina. First off, why you come on a show where somebody do you this bad? But here's my question for you. Uh, in terms of esports, is there a way for the students to actually monetize their involvement, like uh, NIL deals or anything like that? Oh, yes, there are certainly ways to. They can do streaming. Uh, through Twitch, YouTube. They can also be a part of different tournaments. They can get on an esports team and make salary. Um, there's a prize money. There's so many different ways that they can monetize being a part of esports. All right. Let's see here. Uh, Kelly, what, what games do you play? And don't, don't say Miss, Miss Pac-Man. <laughs> How about Angry Birds? Hey, that's a good one. Candy Crush. Oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah. Kelly, what's your question? <laughs> uh, my question is as... I, I, I hear an echo. My apologies. Don't worry about you. You're fine. You're fine. Go ahead. So my question is regarding esports in general. Like, you, you did allude to that you don't necessarily have to be an esports player to be an esports, and you used yourself as an example um, in being a host for esports events. Can you... Talk about and expand, expound upon the other careers you can make within esports that would make this kind of major viable to students. Oh my goodness, there's so many different um, careers in esports. Not only just being a host, but there, if you want to be a video game developer, an app developer, um, there's so many different ways. Matter of fact, we need lawyers, we need attorneys, we need um, medical assistants. There's so much in esports. There you go, Matt. You can stop playing <laughs> games and be a lawyer. <laughs> Go ahead, no, I'm sorry. Continue, continue to play in video games, but also then that's the way for you to relate to the players when you're working with them. Esports is a world to where you can literally be anything in the outside world inside of the esports world. So it's super important that people understand you don't have to be a gamer. Even if you just only play Candy Crush or Angry Birds, you can still be a part of the esports space and then make some very, very good money. I have told my students so many times, it's like, how do you fly everywhere? And it's because I've been afforded the opportunity to be in a space, in a, in a world of esports, to do exactly what I love to do, and that's entertain, encourage, and empower people to get in where they fit in. Actually, she flies everywhere. Actually, she flies everywhere because she'll fly attendant. I'm right, a flight uh, attendant. 
bartender now. What else do I do? I am Jamaican. I know I got like 12 jobs, but right. what else do I do? Right. <laughs> Matter of fact, somebody in the group chat says she look Kenyan. I uh, look Kenyan? That's somebody in the group chat Oh, says. my goodness. That's group chat says. Okay, group chat. She's not Kenyan. She's from Atlanta. I'm uh, Jamaican. Uh, uh, I'm from Florida. Oh, uh, you, huh? Huh? You from Florida? I am from, I am from Clewiston, Florida, the sweetest town in Where? America. Clewiston, Florida. That's where I I'm ain't from. Never heard of that town. You Michael. gotta look it up. Yeah, I, yeah. You all like, what's that near? Michael, what's you your question? What? All right. Uh, thanks, Christina, for this information. So I'm a Gen Xer. I don't play video games. I'm busy doing research and teaching history classes. But Ooh. you lying. You lying. You lying. You're you're lying. Network show. I don't play those things, games. I don't play then, then I said Gallagher. He goes, oh, Galag see right there, boom, your ass played it. Mm -hmm. I, I never said I never played video games. By the way, Roland, you do look, you do look good in blue and white. I don't care what anybody says. First of all, way, Alpha's got to show y'all how to wear colors. Uh oh. No. Uh oh. Don't get them started. Hold on, hey Mike. Oh. Hey Mike, let's be real clear. Oh God, let's be don't real get them clear, started. Michael. Look, oh, ain't God. no Sigma oh, ever. Hey, zoom the camera out. Oh my ain't God. No Sigma ever looked this good. Oh, Lord. Oh, rolling, rolling. Okay. Hold up. Hey, Anthony, come on. Give me a wide shot. Give me a wide shot. See, no, give me the wide shot. Don't change that camera. Give me the wide. See, let me, no, no, give me the, give me the wide shot. Oh, my See, God. no, you need to understand, Michael. See, I'm going to let her answer your question, but I need to let right. you know, ain't no Sigma ever look oh, this good. Do you see this here, son? First of all, oh, yeah. do, do oh, you see? Hold up. Good. Harry hold up. You can't even. Boy, you better ask somebody. You messing with a grown ass Harry alpha. Belafonte. You better ask. You better, you better ask your little question. But you yeah. know damn well you, you can't good. rock. Alphas can wear all colors, son. Go ahead and ask your little question. Oh, oh, sick. But anyway, Christina, you get you gotten. Who's your daddy? <laughs> But uh, what's the attraction? So over the past few years, esports, the popularity of esports has exploded uh, with millions of people around the world uh, involved in, in these games. What is the popularity of esports, these multi-game, uh, the multiplayer games and competitions, things like this? The popularity is being able to do something that you already love doing. And people are falling in love with being able to get paid to do exactly what they love to do. That is where the popularity is coming from. I mean, they've already been doing it for years, but now that we're adding the money onto it, now that we're adding Twitch and YouTube, and people are now watching people play video games for money, it's, it's beyond crazy. And now you're changing not only your life, but your whole entire family's life. So now people are paying attention to the world of esports. And then the prize pools are getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year. Just last in the NBA 2K League, the prize pool was $2.2 million. So every year, the wow. prize pool keeps getting higher and higher, and more students, more adults, more young kids are starting to pay attention. And that's where the popularity is coming from. You have companies like FaZe Clan, who have a whole entire house in California that these kids live in, and they create content from playing video games. 
video games from when they were younger, parents and people around them told them that, hey, you're not going to do anything with your life by playing video games. Now they're proving everybody wrong. Now you see the popularity and where all these kids, 23, 24, 25 year olds, are millionaires from playing video games. So that's where the right. popularity is coming from. All right. First of all, right, uh, so uh, if people want more information, uh, if y'all want more information on the Morris Brown uh, eSports performance, just go to morrisbrown.edu, morrisbrown.edu, uh, and then you just type in eSports performance. You can t take a look at that. Uh, and if folks are trying uh, to follow uh, you, Oh, don't make that face. What? I was about to say something. Yeah, I right. know. Say, get it off your chest. I, I was about to say something. Get it off your chest. I was about to say something. But, get it uh, off your chest, I'm gonna, bro. I'm going to save it for Michael. Uh, tell me what they can reach you. You know what? Uh, you guys can follow me on all social media platforms at Miss Basketball One. You can also head on over to my website at www.missbasketballone.com. Anything else you want to say? Shout out to all my Morris Brown students, to my whole entire Morris Brown family, everyone in Atlanta. To my family in Florida and everywhere all over. Shout out to the Granvilles. Shout out to Cluist in Florida that Roland has no idea. We're going to have to bring him to Cluist and to Belgley, to Pahokee, to South Bay, to Harlem, in Florida, right under Lake Okeechobee, so he'll know all about the muck. Girl, I ain't cheating. <laughs> what? Yeah, I better pass the hat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> get me to come we gonna, we gonna get you. We're going we gonna get, we gonna to get you to come to Morris Brown. We're going to get you to come to Cluist in Florida, and then we're going to bring you over to the NBA 2K League so you can see what it's all about. And I said that. You doing all them shout outs? I mean, I can keep going. You know I no, can talk. No, we ain't trying to do all that. You all know right, I can we got to go to a break. <laughs> we come back. Our Education Matters segment. We're going to talk about a, a program uh, at NASA. Let's get back to some real stuff. Oh, this is very real. Don't. Ah! What that camera You're watching. Roll up out of the Put that camera on me. On the Black Star Network. Don't put the camera Listen, on her. She ain't running up here. It is very real. Uh, don't, we're going don't be to a mistaken. break now. Don't uh, be mistaken. Your segment's over. You can leave now. <laughs> don't be mistaken. Back in a moment. Don't be mistaken. It's real, and we are not going anywhere. Esports is here. Stop talking, stay. girl. I'm going to a break. Don't get this money. Get this money. When you talk about blackness and what happens in black culture, we're about covering these things that matter to us, uh, speaking to our issues and concerns. This is a genuine people-powered movement. There's a lot of stuff that we're not getting. You get it, and you spread the word. We wish to plead our own cause to long have others spoken for us. We cannot tell our own story if we can't pay for it. This is about uh, covering us. Invest in black-owned media. Your dollars matter. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. So please support us in what we do, folks. We want to hit 2,000 people, $50 this month, raise $100,000. We're behind 100000 so we want to hit that. Y'all money makes this possible. Checks and money orders go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zelle is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. Next on The Frequency with me, D Barnes, we're going to talk to Leslie Seagar, a.k.a. Big Les, and talk about her incredible career as a dancer, choreographer, and DJ of Rap City. Magic Johnson was there, so half the NBA was there. Iman the supermodel, so all the supermodels were there every day. After right. Like, it was a who's who of who's who right here on The Frequency in the Black Star Network. Hello everyone, it's Kiara Sheard. Hey, I'm Taj. I'm Coco. And I'm Lily. And we're SWV. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Destiny, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
Folks, NASA has awarded nearly $12 million to eight HBCUs for the new Data Science Equity Access and Priority in Research and Education Opportunity. Damn, that's a long title. Uh, the funding will enable HBCU students uh, and faculty to conduct innovative data science research that contributes to NASA's missions. Tori Johnson, the Minority University Research and Education Project Manager from NASA, is here to explain how NASA DEAP initiatives work. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Tori, glad to have you. Man, that's too damn long. We got to shorten that title. Man, y'all government folks come up with some long names. We like our acronyms at NASA, Roland. You ain't lying. Long acronyms. All right, so, all right, so people listen like, I don't know what the hell, I, what the hell does all that mean? What are y'all doing? Break it down. As Joe Madison said, put it where the ghost can get it. Certainly. It, it's good to be with you, Roland. Uh, really, the essence of what DEAP is all about is ensuring that this next generation of explorers our young men and women at our historically black colleges and universities have an opportunity to be part of the process of data science. And so part of our program uh, at MIRAP, the, the Minority University Research and Education Project, uh, we're focused on aiding those communities underrepresented and underserved in STEM uh, and making sure that they have a seat at the table uh, as it relates to this new wave of technology and information research. All right, so what is this money going to do uh, specifically for the students and how many students are you trying to reach? Yeah, that's a great question. So these awards were just made uh, to the eight HBCUs that you mentioned, uh, those uh, similar Bethune-Cookman, Fayetteville State, FAMU, uh, Morgan State, North Carolina A&T, uh, Prayer View and North Carolina Central. Uh, these schools are awarded up to a half a million dollars a year for three years uh, to build their infrastructure and institutional capacity and research. So how do they get stronger on their campus? How do they build up their labs and their technology so that they can ultimately aid these students in being successful? They can do this through internships, fellowships, but also getting them engaged in the real hands-on work working with our NASA scientists and engineers. So uh, go to my iPad, Anthony. Uh, so this is the NASA press release right here, uh, and the different schools are doing different things. So for instance, for Bethune-Cookman, the project will establish a DEAP institute focusing on machine learning-based development of a virtual constellation of satellites that will capture changing water levels from events such as storm flooding to multi-decade timescales such as sea level rise. And then, of course, there's family and the other schools. So, so, they're, they're, so did, did, did the universities specify what they want the money for? And that's why the, the different universities have different areas of emphasis? Absolutely. That, that's a great point. So it's a competitive process uh, whereby uh, we as a federal agency put out a request for proposals via solicitation. And so we put this out so that uh, schools, in this case, minority-serving institutions, uh, predominantly black institutions and HBCUs are able to propose how would they respond to this solicitation. And so as you mentioned, Roland, uh, we've got things related to climate impacts, uh, water research, sea level rise, uh, flood detections, and how uh, to better uh, prepare ourselves for natural disasters. And so we believe uh, that the utilization of 
open data, meaning free data resources, and, uh, and teaching and training um, our colleges and universities on how to access this data to better equip their communities. All right, uh, don't have much time. Quick questions from each panelist. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'll start with, well, I, you know, she probably, oh my God, yeah, with the buoy, uh, Kelly. <laughs> Um, yes, I went to Bowie, but I'm, lo <laughs> I'm looking at the uh, list of, of HBCUs selected, and I was just wondering uh, what was the criteria for them in being selected, and are there any plans to expand that list of HBCUs so that more HBCUs can have this opportunity? Trying to get some well, money for her school, Bowie State, but go ahead. Absolutely. And uh, absolutely. So <laughs> with it being a competitive... Uh, process, uh, we were looking for schools that would be evaluated on intrinsic merit. What would be uh, the relevance to NASA? Uh, what would be uh, the uh, management plan? The, we also are focusing heavily on partnerships and collaboration. So who would they be working with? Are they bringing other institutions uh, to the table? Uh, and ultimately, what are they doing for students? And as Roland mentioned earlier, uh, looking for those schools that are looking to either expand uh, their curriculum at that particular institution, development of laboratories, and how many students uh, would be able to access the information. Michael. Uh, thanks for coming on, uh, Tori. Uh, I wanted to know, what are some of the different types of majors that are being uh, looked at, for, uh, that students are enrolled in now, and they're looked at as good candidates to uh, become part of this program? Sure. Uh, so we're looking for students. Sometimes it's a focus on engineering. Uh, you might see data analytics. Um, there are a number of programs out at the various schools, uh, but we always say STEM. Right? We start with uh, science, technology, engineering, and math, and also understanding that there are interdisciplinary studies that students would be working on. Um, and so we invite them all to participate. Those students at those particular HBCUs that were awarded uh, can obviously check with their, uh, with their uh, faculty and with their uh, professors uh, to see how they can get involved. All right, thank you. Matt? So, Tori, I want to note that uh, Roland wanted you to talk to the GOATs because he's been doing that since he was out of Texas A&M. Here's my question. Um, what happens with the data? Does that data actually be used by NASA, or is that just data that the students are able to access and use for research purposes? It's a, it's a both-and proposition, so I thank you for raising that. Um, initially, what we're trying to do is ensure that the HBCUs have access to the data. There's uh, free data that we are downloading from satellites uh, near real-time uh, all over the place. Um, and a lot of times what the situation is is that institutions are not aware of, one, that the data is available to them, and two, how to access it. And so we're partnering them with our science mission directorate uh, to make sure that they have uh, folks aligned with them and then look at those impacts for their community. Uh, so it would also be the research uh, that they are concerned about at that particular HBCU uh, in their neighboring community. Christina. Hey. Uh, question. Oh, I have no questions. I've been over here listening. I thought, thought you were, I thought you were a host. Come on, you got no questions. Oh, Come you on, you at esports. We got NASA, HBCU. Well, yeah, well, what I will do, spot. I will ask: Is there a way that we can get in contact with you guys to figure out a way we can have this at Morris Brown College? Because we are in the hard reset, and we're looking for more things like this to come to our HBCU. 
So I think what we have to do in a competitive model is one, say, can we share the work that's being done by these existing institutions? And that's yes. Uh, we use webinars and other forums, uh, even have been going on what we call road tours uh, to several HBCUs and minority serving institutions around the country to share what NASA is doing and what we're doing within the Office of STEM Engagement. So I hope we can engage uh, with uh, Morris Brown College and share some of the opportunities. And as we see the progress of this particular project, uh, really have an opportunity to scale it up and maybe have another cohort and invite more institutions to participate. All right, Tori, where do people go to get more information? Uh, they can check us uh, at nasa.gov, and then you can uh, look for uh, the Office of STEM Engagement and MUREP, M-U-R-E-P. All right, we appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Roland. Appreciate the time. Thank you very much. See, Christine, let it's me help you out. It's the fact that you got your leg crossed Christine, like let this. me help I you out. See, see, see right Christine, now. when you're a three-time Hall of Famer, you got to always be... How many be, times no, I, you going to no, say no, this? I'm, I'm helping you out. I'm helping you out. How many times Ain't you going to say this? all your family about to text you. You got to always be ready, Christina. Even when you're a guest on the show, you got to always be ready because you might have to hop in and host the show. You can't... Never, don't ever, ever say, I ain't got no question. Well, honestly, I didn't have a question, but I had a question in my heart. I had a question. question in my heart. You always have a question I gave ready. Him, I gave him a question ready, and I'm here. See, we're gonna bring right. in Morris Brown. That's See, all I know. Because we need more students in STEM, anyway. So I might, love that. You might be teaching esports, but I'm teaching television. You know, all right, Kelly. Listen. Uh, 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 Kelly, Michael, from? Uh, and, and Matt, whatever hotel you at, uh, playing <laughs> playing your video games. I know you travel uh, with your Wii. Uh, no, Y'all just let him sit up here and throw shade all day long? Yes. And y'all oh, come everybody. back every week, oh, every day? We're home. Oh, we, he he and I already got into it. I, I don't play video games. He, you know. No, 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 no. Hold on. Okay, Hold on. Okay. You play video games now. Don't, don't do us like Christine, that now. He, he still got an Atari. No, I'm not looking he, down on people who play video games. Christina, Christina that, boy, that, that boy got a Wii. Don't worry about that. <laughs> all right, Kelly, I'll thanks a bunch. Uh, <laughs> Matt, thanks a bunch. Michael, thanks a bunch. Girl, what? I want to say something. What? We are out of time. What? Oh, we are out of time. We're almost out of time. What I just want to say thank you so much for having me. I know we go back and forth, but I truly appreciate you for having me on your show. I truly appreciate your, your feedback that you unsolicitedly give. I am so you know grateful. Dog on well. you I know am dog. so grateful for you. I am so grateful to be on your show, and I'm so grateful for all the things that you continue to do for not only black culture, but for everybody. You are a staple in our community. You are a legend, and I'm so grateful to be on your show, even though you drive me up a wall. So thank you I'll for having you. me. Wall, that's, Thank you. you that is who you part, are. You call me. That is who you when are. When you need some advice Listen. and counsel. Li Whoa, wait a minute now. You know, dog. I called wait. you two times. You two today. times. No, today. I ain't called you today. Yes, I was you working. Did. You, need, you need me to pull up pull the call log. Hey, Anthony, go to my iPad. You need to pull up the Anthony, call log. Anthony, go to my iPad. You need to pull up the call pull log. Pull up the call log. I didn't call you today. Uh, yes, you did. I called you to say I'm on my way to your show. Oh, right. You see. Christina Granville on the way to the show. See the red part? Go to the message. That means you called. See, what he don't want to do is get that me started. That means you called, I will, girl, I will anyway, become petty. Anyway, I'm going to be nice because love and kindness have I... Have I no, no, you, no, you, yeah, you Y'all know my dad that bitch, no, so I'm gonna behave. No, you're gonna be nice because you know I'm doggone well your family gonna pick me over you. Alright, <laughs> y'all. Alright, y'all, listen, we got to go.
Again, I'll, I'll be at the Howard University graduation tomorrow. President Joe Biden is speaking. It's been moved to the Capitol One Arena nice. because of inclement weather. Uh, so to all other folks who are graduating, uh, congratulations, folks. I will see y'all uh, on what? What you want? You're going to be with me tomorrow. I'm at Capital One Arena. We're doing the NBA 2K. No, I'm going to be there. Uh, and so Lamar Jackson also has a benefit uh, tomorrow as well, uh, dealing with uh, mental health. I'll be dropping by there as well, so I'll check, check out social media. Y'all, I got to go. See see, how, see what happens when you just invite and try to be nice to some black people and just come in here all loud and everything. You but it's all you good. Love, you Glad love to have, it. You yeah. cannot deny yeah, the energy. Okay. I have right. probably one of the best right. energies in the whole right. wide world. We're going to lay you hands know. on you. God oh, y'all, y'all pray for her. Please, just keep me in your prayer. Hit her with the anointed all. I'll see y'all on Monday right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Download the app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, oh, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Uh, please support the Brina Funk fan club. I need to pay for some counseling after uh, having to deal with this abuse with you Christina. Know what? Check the money orders. Go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037 0196. Cash App, dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal, R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zell, rolling at rolling smartin.com, rolling that rolling martin unfiltered.com. And of course, be sure to get a copy of my book, White Fear, How the Brownie of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. Mm -hmm. Available at bookstores nationwide, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target. Download your copy on Audible. And that's with Christina because you can't read, you can at least listen. Wow. All right. Shade is real. Oh, come on now. That's how I do. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.